2: This is All of It from WNYC. I'm Tiffany Hansen. And for Allison Stewart, a PBS documentary tells the story of residents at a public housing community in Miami who are fighting to save their neighborhood from climate gentrification. It's called Raising Liberty Square. Built in 1937, Liberty Square is home to one of the oldest housing projects in the United States. Today, it's home to nearly 700 families. Here's a clip of the film. This is just climate justice organizer Valencia Gunder sharing a brief history of the historically black neighborhood. When they
3: built Miami, they wanted it to be this beachfront paradise. But the people of color were forced to the middle of the city.
2: Liberty Square is just eight miles inland from Miami's beaches and roughly 10 feet above sea level, making it more resilient to flooding than other neighborhoods along the coast. But in 2017, the city of Miami started redevelopment of the former housing projects. Raising Liberty Square premiered nationally last month on PBS. It's available to stream for free on PBS.org, the PBS app, and on YouTube. Joining us to talk about it is the film's director, Miami-based filmmaker Ky- Katya Essen, Katya, welcome to all of it. Thank, Thank you. you. Also joining us is producer Ann Bennett. And welcome to all of it. Thank you very much. And last but not least, uh, producer Corinna Sager. Corinna, welcome to all of it. Thank you. Welcome. All right. So, Katya, let's start with you about the origin of this project. I'm curious how you got involved and at what point you realized that you really wanted to make a documentary about what was happening in Liberty City.
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I am originally from Germany and I came to Miami in the late 80s to study film. And um, my biggest claim to fame (laughs) really is being a production assistant on uh, many music videos uh, of the two of the rap group Two Life Crew, which were all filmed in Liberty City. At that point, I was a young uh, film student Did hardly spoke any English and did not uh, really, uh, couldn't expect that I would more than 20 years later would come back and um, do this documentary in Liberty City. Um, I left to New York for many years to work on documentaries all over the world and then came back in 2016. And that was the time Moonlight came out and Moonlight is um, playing the story takes place in, in Liberty Square. And I learned that this housing um, development now, now was supposed to, was slated to be raised to the ground and replaced by a new community, by a mixed income community. And I have to say the European in me um, couldn't believe that something so historical, um, you said it before, one of the oldest public housing projects in the country, one of the first segregated public housing projects would just be torn down. So my first interest was purely historical. And I picked up my camera and I wanted to just preserve something that I did not know much about. And the rest of Miami uh, also did not know much about, as I found out. And while I was there filming and meeting people and talking to residents, I was educated by the residents by the way, we're sitting on some of the highest and driest ground in Miami. And next I was educated about this term that I had never heard uh, uh, of before, climate gentrification. And at that point I knew that this would be a very different film. We still have a lot of history in it, but it's a very, it became a very, very different film. And um, yeah, it's uh, kept kept us going for six years. It took six years to make.
2: And For people who aren't familiar with the Miami area, just describe for us Liberty Square, just so we get a sense of what we're talking about, where it is, what it looks like when we get there. Um yeah it is a very um, it was
1: when it was built in the 30s it is not how, what how I ever imagined public housing it is a um bungalow style one story maximum two story a nine block area with garden apartments and laundry lines everything painted in in pastels you know pink and and green and blue and yellow and um I remember Terrell McCraney, the writer of Moonlight, saying, yeah, in in Miami, poverty is beautiful because it did look beautiful. But also um, when we started filming, um, (laughs) people actually, they they wanted to (laughs) people. Well, the film office insisted on on giving us a police escort. That's how dangerous um, the area was uh, considered to be. And it was. I think in 2014, 15, one of the dangerous zip codes in the United States. Um, so it it was it's it's a very very um, um, challenged area. Mm.
2: Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Anne, or yeah, Anne and Corinna, um, to you, Anne. I'm curious about your uh, origin story with this project, and also. How you all decided what voices needed to be pulled in to tell the story of Liberty Square?
0: Oh, uh, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, well, uh, I have known uh, Corinna, um, I'm sorry, uh, Katja now for almost twenty five years, and we had met when Katja was working in New York City, and she was um, editing her her short film, Fairy Tales, that was Oscar nominated. And um, um, Corinna, i mean, sorry, uh, Katya, had um, invited other filmmakers in to, to watch the film and give notes. Um, and so that's how we got to, to know each other because um, I was part of that screening. And um, uh, Katya was always very inclusive, you know, in her filmmaking process. So, um, you know, and, and we kept sort of in touch over the years. Um, and then when Katya started to work on this project, Um, She had given me a call because she knew that my background is mostly in historical documentaries, um, and I've uh, specialized mostly in African American history projects Um, and um, when Katja called me, she said, well, you know, I've got this great project and there's this amazing um, African-American his- uh, community and this amazing history. Um, and I have to say, I was a little embarrassed because um, I I like to think that I, I know my African-American history and I know all of my spots of, of history and culture and politics and whatnot. But I did not know um, all the things that had happened in Miami um, as far as Black history and culture. Like I did not know about Liberty Square and the Hampton House and how this community was um, a real um, hotspot for not only entertainers, um, but for political folks, um, uh, people like... um, uh Malcolm X actually um you know it came there um and um and at, and uh, I'm, curious. Yeah, I'm
2: curious yeah I'm curious Anne, is educating people about that history that you didn't even know about part of the mission of this
0: Yes. Oh, oh, most definitely. And and during the process, we we were learning from um you know all of the community members, from historians, and doing quite a bit of research as well. And I know that um Corinna was, you know, working with us to um you know to get involved with with um the local archives and to to find um images, footage, um uh, people, stories. So uh, it's been quite inclusive to to make sure that we were were thorough in our, our research and thorough in our ju- journalism and our storytelling as well.
2: So Corinne, I'll throw the question to you. Then I asked how, how did you decide what voices to pull into this? I think uh, I have to hand that over
3: to Katja okay. because she <laughs> really is the one, but you know, we interviewed
1: 40, 50 residents. We interviewed a lot of uh, uh, historians um experts, because the topic we decided, we we, we we realized at one point clearly that we had to bring these two into, you know, we had to bring housing justice and climate justice together, which is not an easy task with, you know, and then bring in history and structural racism. So we we thought we had to rely on experts, but it became very clear very soon that the people, that the residents are, they are the experts of their own story, so we completely pivoted and we made it into a verité document, documentary. There's not a single experts, and I'm making air quotes, you know, like because I say they are experts. Yes, everybody is an expert on their story, and um, yeah, we have in our film where we we wanted to uh, not do the the usual. Um, David and Goliath story in a way like bad bad developer poor victimized community. It's much more nuanced nuanced than that, um, and so we have somebody from the development team, we have a resident, we have an, uh, an organizer, we have a uh, former uh, resident. Um, so we have that's how then we chose the voices. And we. one thing I have to say, Tiffany, that I'm really, I'm so happy about, and thank God to my editors, we we managed to create this chorus of elders that keeps coming in and that fills the film with so much life and so much knowledge. But they keep, and, and it's like, and, and the, the reaction of the audience is always amazing because they're also funny. You know, these elders, they know a lot, but they're also really funny. So that we have that chorus
2: also that mm. comes in. Corinna, describe the opening of the film for us. What will we see when we sit down with this film? Just to start off.
3: You'll see clouds and water reflecting Miami, but really mostly you'll you'll fly over Miami and Miami Beach. Um, But right then and there comes Valencia Gunder, whose voice you were playing earlier, who is giving the history. Um, And she says this famous line about they are going to come take liberty city because we don't flood so you have this contrast between this beautiful Miami and and a sound and a voice over where you are, that throws you off right then and there like what
1: no but also we're flying we're, we're seeing the usual Miami that everybody knows and then we continue we show what is behind the glitzy facade we go inland and then we land right smack in liberty square. So we see what everybody knows about Miami,
2: the beaches and the glitz and right. the glamour, and then behind that. So Anne, I'm curious if you can maybe give us a little bit of history about this plan for redevelopment. Because what what happened, right, is the city moved in and said, uh, because it's on land that is less susceptible to the the problems of climate change that are all facing, you know, most of Florida at this point, um, uh, we're going to swoop in. Is that what happened? Is that an accurate? Um,
0: a, a little bit, but actually I, I, I'm going to defer to, to Katya as as, as well, because um, she can give us really the particulars, because we want to get this story straight. So um, Katya, if you could help um, uh, just give us sort of an outline of that timeline for um, when the development was starting. Yeah,
2: just kind of like lay out the story, like the timeline for us here so we can understand what this is. I mean, it's
1: like Liberty, Liberty Square is the heart of Liberty City, you know, the historical black neighborhood, which is a huge, huge area. And developers will, will look at it and say it's underdeveloped because there are a lot of once, you know, single family houses. So they have, I know that they have been circling that area for a while. But now with sea level rise threatening and insurance rates going up and people like really pushing inland, it has become like a feeding frenzy. So in 2015, so they tried before to redevelop Liberty Square, but residents actually stopped it. And uh, in uh, 2015, it was decided by the city to do it, by the county to do it. And 2017 is when the first bulldozers roll in and tear down the first building. And right now, we are still (laughs) exactly where the film ends. Of the nine blocks, three are done. So they're incredibly behind. Um, Yeah, that's that's in a nutshell what it is.
2: So we do hear from, in the film, we hear from Aaron McKinney, who grew up in Liberty City. He works for the related group who as I understand it are developers overseeing this project yeah. I just yes. want to get a clip from him we can take a listen to that and then talk about
0: it Generations of families have grew up in this, this particular site It's understandable that folks are you know they have some kind of emotional attachment to this place It's, it's, a, it's for better or worse a, a somewhat of a staple in this community right and so it's bittersweet and I get that
2: Aaron uh, has been has been present for a lot of meetings around the development of the property. Uh, Many of those meetings, I can imagine, were quite contentious. Um, So Katya, uh, just talk to us about him, his relationship to the project, his presence in the film, and how that relates to development, etc.,
1: yeah, Aaron is the most vulnerable of all our uh, protagonists and and even now that we've started our impact campaign or no, I should say especially now that we're actually showing the film in community and it's very it's hard. The, the, he keeps saying his anxiety level is rising because he he um yeah, he he, he is the most vulnerable as I said. Um I kind of came I went on this journey with him. He, I he believed he could make a difference. He could have a, as a you know a place at the table and make sure that the development would do right by his community and that's how he started out that's how I started out that's how the film starts out and then um he also had to see how promises were just chipped away and and not kept. And then I don't want to say to Vinny how because for people who want to watch it, I just don't want to give away what what's happening. But yeah, he he has been on a on an extremely um, intense journey.
2: And probably not the only one. No. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, just from hearing what you've been saying, Anne and Katja about how how it's affecting residents.
0: Right. And and part of the goal of the film has been that you know um we are filmmakers, we're storytellers um but we want to have this film be um a, a tool for people to use um and to share. And um part of the sharing is that our protagonists, the people featured in the film have been really active in um in sharing the film and 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 discussing this in different communities. So um you just asked about Aaron. Aaron has come to goodness, numerous screenings, screenings. Um and and I have to say I really admire him because you know people um uh oftentimes will will have some has some comments. You know, they'll say, well, you know, didn't you know or or um uh you know weren't you concerned and whatnot and so he very bravely um has addressed audiences you know when both they have applauded him and also questioned him and so I've been really impressed by um uh, all of our protagonists who stepped up and been very open to to share their stories, not only in the film, but with um, audiences um, in person as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. there's,
3: you know, and, and and there's also another aspect uh, um, because the developer sent a letter just before broadcast, actually, um, basically requesting that the film not be screened in at all. And um, so that was really quite something. Uh, it yes, you know yes, yeah, yeah. No, but uh, so there is there is a lot really going on, and and uh, related is a very very large you know gigantic real estate uh, development company in the United States. It's even uh, planning something in New York right now. So with public housing, so for sure, um, you know we we uh, the film touches on a lot of really important aspect.
2: Mm. We did get a text. I've lived in Miami for 10 years. I lived in downtown Miami before the big boom. My sister went to the University of Miami. She was a teacher in Brownsville and Liberty City. I used to go with her to school to teach after school. I enjoyed the neighborhood and the people. I'm originally from Brooklyn, and I know the feeling of gentrification and development by cooperation, cooperations, cooperations. So, um, There are a lot of feelings around gentrification and climate gentrification specifically. So I'm wondering what the if you can just give us a sense of the pulse, not only in Liberty City, but in Miami generally. Uh, I'll I'll toss it to any one of you Uh, generally around climate gentrification. Well, it's a it's a huge fight Tiffany and and the film as I
1: just mentioned before we started our impact campaign the film is being shown in all over you know and, and I'm we're so happy about that you know Anne mentioned that too you know uh, communities residents activists organizers everybody is is claiming them film this film for themselves and showing it uh you know as a cautionary tale uh because uh development it, it, there is a there is a, right now really extensive rampant development also here in Miami of public housing uh, uh properties, you know, and turn and and the push to turn them into mixed income. So that's that's happening all over the place. And and in our film we 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 show you know to approach promises very carefully, you know, that are done by local governments and and the developers. So and yeah, it, it is, you know, Corinna mentioned it now, related. It just got the bid for the first full demolition of New York public housing. Um, and, and our film arrived just at that critical time. So it is right now being shown all over public housing properties in New York as well, you know, um, which is, um, yeah. It...
2: Oh, I think Katja froze I mean, there. it's also, okay. you know,
1: New York for me is just so crazy because it's the same developer.
2: Yeah. So, Anne, did I freeze? Yeah, a little bit. That's all right. And I'm looking for a little bit more of sort of the feeling, though, the emotion around climate gentrification in Miami right now. What's the what's the sort of palpable sense from folks Mm -hmm. in Liberty Square and outside Liberty City about climate gentrification for New Yorkers who are sitting here thinking, "I, I, I don't understand what this is all about or, you know.
0: Well, I I think there's um well, well Katya knows it was best as as you know being in Miami on and off for the past 30 years. Um, but I can definitely say that people um are feeling pushed and feeling displaced. Um, and that's been happening in Miami. Um, especially in the Black neighborhoods, you know, almost throughout Miami's history. Um, When Miami was founded in 1896, um, a third of the people signing that original charter were were people of African descent. Um, and they're some of the first settlers in Miami and they're first settlers in along Miami Beach, but they're also some of the first people to be pushed out of Miami Beach once they realized how valuable that property was. So Black communities have been pushed from the waterfront area. They've been pushed um, when the highway can come through. They've been now pushed as sea level rises. Mm-hmm. So people are... Um, uh, you know, there's, um, you know, there's an old f- phrase, I remember my parents said, you know, back in the day that, you know, urban renewal is Negro removal. Um, and, and that's something, you know, they would, you know, uh, cynically joke about, you know, back in the, the 70s and the 80s, but that's happening still now. And um, that's something that people have have known historically, their families know it, but they also are, are feeling it. So mm-hmm. I think there's, you know, certainly a feeling of, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same yeah. in, 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 in many respects.
2: Katya, I have a minute left here. If if you could pull one quote from the film that you would like to have stick with folks after watching it, what would that be?
1: It, unfortunately, it's the one that Corinna already said. It's like it's Valencia said it. You know, my grandfather always told me they're going to come for Liberty City because we don't flood. Mm. Yeah.
2: Corinna, same, same for you. As a quote, yeah. Yeah.
3: And there's another one, but I can't quote it. I always liked Valencia talking about how much money is invested in shoring Mm. up uh, Miami's flood situation, but not investing to the people. Mm.
2: Filmmaker Katja Essen, thank you so much for joining us. And producer Ann Bennett, producer Corinna Sager, all worked on the film Raising Liberty Square, and we are very appreciative of your time today. Thank you so much. Thank 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 you. Thank you for having us.